0: Coming up, a caper set in the underbelly of the art world.
1: The many stories of a 400-year-old barn.
0: Plus, our distraction of the week. I'm Mel.
1: I'm Dave. This is the Library of Lost Time.
0: I love a thriller set in the art world. Sure. I'm a longtime fan of the Gabriel Lawn series by Daniel Silva. For anyone not familiar, Gabriel is not only a deadly assassin— He's also the world's
1: foremost art restorer. Which is a unique combination of skills.
0: (laughs) It sounds ridiculous, but somehow when you're reading the books, it makes perfect sense. Okay. In addition to Gabriel and his unusual set of skills, those books have very entertaining spy hijinks with incredibly high stakes and lots of amazing details about art forgery, art reproductions, and painting restoration. I also really loved The Last Painting of Sarah DeVos by Dominic Smith. That one is an art caper about a very talented forger and the theft of a famous Dutch painting. I talked about that one in our museums episode. So, I am primed to enjoy a new novel about a masterpiece handed down through the ages. It's The Lost Van Gogh by Jonathan Santlaufer.
1: Now, there is claimed to be actual lost works by Van Gogh.
0: Yes, Santloffer bases his novels on true art crimes oh that's cool yeah in 2021 he wrote the book the last mona lisa that's a fictionalized account of when da vinci's masterpiece was stolen from the louvre in 1911
1: yeah that's a fantastic story
0: yeah so his book is like very twisty and it goes to florence and paris and new york and it was a huge success so this is the follow-up this one brings the same sense of action, adventure, and suspense to the story of a rumored final self-portrait by Vincent van Gogh. Do you remember when we went to the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam and there were like 30 self-portraits all in one room? Yeah. That was amazing. It was.
1: I think I've said this before, but if you have an opportunity to go see a van Gogh in person, please take it. It changed My view of that artist, I love Van Gogh. Seeing his stuff in person is a delight and meaningful and lovely.
0: I thought I was neutral on Van Gogh until I saw my first of his portraits in person. I walked into the room, I looked at it, and I burst into tears. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. Anyway, back to the book. Yeah. When an artist and the daughter of a notorious art thief find what might be the missing portrait, they get sucked into solving what could be a very dangerous puzzle. There are flashbacks to World War II French resistance fighters, insider details about the underbelly of the art world, and interactions with Interpol. I read the first two chapters so far, and I'm pretty much hooked. It opens with a forger in Paris in 1944. He's listening to the BBC on a contraband radio while he paints and he is disguising the Van Gogh painting in a very clever way, which I will not spoil, but which is amazing. When he's finished with his work, he fiddles with the radio's dials again. And this time, it's to find the resistance radio station and his instructions delivered in code for what he should do next.
1: That's exciting. It's
0: a pretty strong start. Yeah. A Kirkus review said that Jonathan Santloffer's books are a must for fans of Arturo Perez Reverte. And I totally get that. If you liked The Seville Communion, which I recommended in our Spain episode, you might like this one, too. It's The Lost Van Gogh by Jonathan Santlofer.
1: I've got one more book that I stole from the best of 2023 lists I've been reading. That book is Daniel Mason's Northwoods.
0: Oh, I've heard really good things about this book.
1: Yeah. This novel explores one of my favorite questions. And the question is, who used to live here? Before I was here, who walked these halls, slept in this room, grew up, who died here? That is just endlessly interesting to me. Northwoods tells the story of a farmhouse in Massachusetts and its residents. It starts 400 years ago. Two pilgrims have abandoned their settlement and decided to create their own lives. They make up a ceremony to marry themselves. Cute. Yep, out there in the woods. And then they swim naked in a brook. And the man picks up a stone from the water and he sets it down in a clearing to mark the corner of their new home. And that's the start of the barn.
0: That is really sweet.
1: Yeah. There are generations of tenants from there, each with their own story. Sometimes the old details and characters surface again. Maybe there are ghosts in the barn. You may recognize them before the characters do. One of the things that draws me to the book is that it's written in a variety of styles. There's some thriller in here and some family drama and some paranormal romance. The book has poems and lyrics and an address to the historical society of Western Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. There are photos and illustrations. There are just a ton of voices in the Northwoods. The book was very well received by the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal. It is literary and magical. It's Daniel Mason's Northwoods. And now our distraction of the week. So this is going to be old news to some of you, but I, I think it's really interesting. The British Library has been hacked in a terrible way, in a way that's limited their ability to be a library for the last two months. But I feel like before we get into that, we should talk about the British Library. The British Library is one of the leading centers of research in the world, It catalogs more items than any other library, including the Library of Congress. It has 14 million books alone, Mm -hmm. but it also collects newspapers and patents, maps, stamps, prints, and sound recordings. Together, it's about 200 million items. The library is what they call a legal deposit library, which means that it receives a copy of every book published or distributed in the United Kingdom. And they've been doing that for about 400 years now. Each year, the library adds a little bit of shelf space. (laughs) It's about six miles every year. Mm -hmm. If you are a reader or a researcher, the British Library is a bit of nirvana. Maybe, say, you're looking for Henry VIII's personal Bible, the first one in English, or one of Leonardo da Vinci's notebooks, or lyrics of A Hard Day's Night written out by Paul McCartney, or a signed copy of Jane Eyre, or Finnegan's Wake, or maybe Jane Austen's personal writing desk. The British Library can set you up with all of those things. If you are looking for Shakespeare's first folio, they have five.
0: That's just showing off. <laughs> it
1: is. <laughs> it is. And until October 27th of this year, they had a remarkably efficient way of getting materials to its readers using a network of conveyor belts that carried books up from its many basements.
0: When we visited the library, we went on a behind-the-scenes tour, and my mind was blown by the sheer numbers and the efficiency with which they could manage all of those books. It was a lot of rooms with kind of no windows and institutional paint on the walls because they're just focused on the work of getting the book from the underground storage into the hands of the person out front. And out front, it's beautiful.
1: But then, early on the 28th of October, a group of hackers who called themselves RICETA got into the library's systems. Ricita specializes in a form of crime called double extortion ransomware. Welcome to the future, everybody. What is double extortion ransomware?
0: It sounds bad.
1: It it is. That's when a bad guy breaks into a server and he copies all the data he can, but then he also encrypts everything that's on the server. Mm. So now he's got all of the digital files, which he might use or sell, but also he's left a copy of everything behind locked. And then he adds a PDF that says, give me money and I'll restore your data.
0: It's really awful.
1: It's terrible.
0: I feel enraged right now.
1: Yeah. Since May, Raisita has tried to extort the Chilean army, a video game company, and a few companies in the healthcare industry. When Raisita hit the British Library, they broke the public Wi-Fi, they stole records for all of the staff and its members, corrupted the online catalog, brought down the website, the phone lines, and all of the online services, the exhibition ticket sales, reader registration, and credit card transactions in the gift shop. The library also had an extraordinary amount of online material, digital books, journals, 600,000 doctoral theses, and archives of all kinds. And all of that was encrypted. Perhaps the worst of it was when Raisita broke the retrieval system. The British Library managed its book titles with custom software. Books in the basement are organized according to shape and how frequently they're needed. Wow. Yeah. And I suspect you can imagine what a mess it is to have 14 million books sorted by popularity.
0: And shape.
1: Without a database to track them. It has been a long couple of months for the British Library. To their credit, they refused to pay the terrorists. For one, that would put money in their hands. And for another, that would make the library a known mark and make them a target for other attacks. And nobody wanted to give those guys a win. But the aftermath has been rough. Executives at the library estimate that it will be months before it's back to its former self. And in the meantime, stiff upper lip and all, the British library is open from 8.30 to 4.30. Monday through Friday, not far from King's Cross Station in London. There is a temporary website offering limited services. An update from November says they plan to have the main catalog back online on January 15th.
0: I just want to somehow give the British Library a big hug.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: And if you're in London, definitely do take some time to visit the library and enjoy the tour. The -the behind-the-scenes information was really fascinating. And everything in the library was custom-made specifically for that library, from the chairs to the shelves to the molding on the walls. Everything was designed by the architect. So cool.
1: They also have a little museum there, which is astonishing if you're a reader. I never expected to see a Gutenberg Bible close up. They have one, uh, the First Folio, and like I said, Leonardo's Notebooks and all of that. You can see it, and it's breathtaking.
0: Visit strongsenseofplace.com slash library for more on the books we talked about today and the beautiful British Library.
1: Thanks for joining us in the Library of Lost Time. Remember to visit your local library and your independent bookstore to lose some time yourself.
0: Stay curious. We'll talk to you soon.